Well, you heard our scripture reading. I learned that when I was probably in kindergarten or cradle roll Sabbath school. But it's still relevant to me, and it's relevant to you. Let's look at it one more time. It says there, you, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled by men. In other words, it becomes paving material. That's what, it was, that's what happened to salt, that it lost its savor. You notice there, it started with a very important pronoun, you, you, and me, are the salt of the earth. It's, it's not, um, should be, you should be the salt of the earth, is that you are the salt of the earth. That's who you are as a follower of Jesus. You can be none other than that. And then you look in verse 14, that's another sermon in itself. You know what that says. You are, again, you are the light of the world. Now light is different than salt, even though you're both of them. Um, light can illuminate, it can do its wonderful work from a distance. Whereas salt has to get up close. It has to actually mix with what it is making better to actually have an impact. And sometimes being salt is perhaps a bit more of a challenging and more intense. It takes more engagement. And so, and then we have here, you are. You are. Sometimes we talk about what we're not. I'm not a smoker. I'm not, I am not a drinker. You aren't a, a criminal, whatever. It's about what we aren't sometimes, and we're talking about what we are. That's what we want to focus on today, and all of our life, really. You know, um, it says also that we are the salt of the earth. Um, not just of the church, but of the earth. We're the salt. Wherever we find ourselves, we have this sacred role. What does salt do? Now, in the first service, we had a children's story that talked about what salt did. There was some food there, and the children were tasting it, and, and, and they, then they put salt on it, and wow, the food tasted so much better. So you are, you, you make things better. Wherever you happen to be, you make things better. You, and, and also, what, if, if this was a class, I'd be asking you, some other ideas? Well, I know you're thinking salt preserves. Back then they didn't have refrigerators, so Jesus certainly meant that. And it preserves. And we as Christians, of course, we preserve. We try to preserve the good in society and make a difference. And um, because there's so much evil around us. And then, of course, healing. Salt is used for healing. Think of this in the spiritual realm. Salt is used for well, it melts ice. <laughs> and when we live in this climate, we, we, we witness that, and I'm so glad to see the salt trucks. Again, think of that in a spiritual way. And of course, it creates thirst. Again, think of that, what that could mean for us as salt. And so we are the salt of the earth. And, and the church is, it's sort of a salt shaker. It holds the salt particles. It holds us, it holds us together so that we can mobilize and then do the beautiful work that God has called us to do. And you notice we, we're talking about salting the earth, salting our community, salting outside. 
But I want to tell you, do not assault your community. Salt your community. Doing these beautiful things that salt does. Well, now we got that established. We know it's for us, and we know it is who we are, and we know somewhat of the job description. Um, but how do we do it? Sometimes it's a little scary to actually do it, even though we know what we're supposed to do. I know one day, um, Gasper and I were in the kitchen, and um, I don't know about you, but I have this habit of buying too many bananas. They look so pretty in, in the, on the fruit stand, and then by the time this, the two of us get to eat them, um, they're probably getting freckles, and then something needs to be done with them. Either we have to eat them, or we have to turn them into something else, or even throw them out, which I don't like to do. And so we were, we were there, and I, the bananas had gotten freckles, and so I said, okay, I'm gonna make banana bread, and I started putting in the, the ingredients. I put in the, you know, what banana bread is, you know, bananas and nuts and flour and a bit of sugar and some oil. And when I got to the salt, I was putting in a half teaspoon of salt. Um, Gasper said, you know something, May Ellen? Salt is not the whole recipe. Okay. Why did you say that just now? <laughs> you know, you, 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 those of you who know him, you know he has a way of coming up with things you don't expect. And so I didn't expect this. And, um, and so I said, what are you talking about, Gaspar? Explain yourself. Well, see, we had just been talking about ministry. Um, we sort of get into that a lot. <laughs> and um, so he, he was kind of continuing our conversation. And he says, you are the salt of the earth. But, but you know... Sometimes our church, Salt Shaker, is all about the salt. And, and it's like the whole recipe. It's, it's, it's all that we think of. When really salt is meant to mix with ingredients different than itself. What do you say? And so, okay, I get it, Gaspar, I get it. And so, let me illustrate. Here's my banana bread pan. and. Um, I'm going to put some salt in here, and I'm going to fill it up. And now salt is the whole recipe here. Isn't that delicious? <laughs> you know, if you have too much salt in one place, what happens? Well, well maybe, let's think of it from a health perspective. If, if you ate all this salt, you, it would become toxic to you, wouldn't it not? It would become toxic. And you know, blood pressure goes up, et cetera, et cetera. And so um, think of the church, how this might apply to the church. If it's only about the salt, it all stays in the same place all the time, it doesn't go anywhere, and so forth and so on. So definitely salt is not the whole recipe, or it should not be the whole recipe. And so yeah, okay, I get it, Gaspar, I get it. So he, I know he had a point. So again, salt cannot make an impact. It will not have a positive uh, impact um, outcome unless it is mixed with ingredients different than itself. If you forget everything else, remember that. Now to carry this little illustration, you're probably wondering what this is about. We're having a bake sale or something. No. Um, <laughs> it's a little more than that. It's, um, it's, about, it's about the church and about salt. And um, let's see here. Here we go. I'm going to pull out my 
things here. So we have here three, three loaves of banana bread, that same banana bread that I was making that day. And um, let's say that these represent, the banana bread represents three communities, three local communities, okay? You with me? And, um, and we're going to talk about with this little illustration about how the salt is salt to these three different communities. How does it apply its, its, uh, the salt itself to a community? And then the first one we have here, and for those who can't see it back there, I mean a big sign, we have the salt, the church. Well, let me tell you where I got this from. I read a book by Robert Linthicum. He's, a, he's an urban ministry, he's a heavyweight in, in the urban ministry field. Writes a lot of literature and writings on the role of the church in the community. And he says there are three churches that he has discovered. He says the first church is the church in the community. The church in the community. Now this church has an address. We have an address on New Hampshire Avenue. And it has an address. It's there geographically. But it is not, it does not mingle with the community. The members, the salt shaker, the salt particle members <laughs> are not mixing in. They're not, they're, they're not flavoring, they're not healing, they're not preserving. They're all by themselves, contented and safe in their church salt shaker. And then, and not only that, this church, the church in the community, has this fortress mentality. It says, we, the Bible says, be therefore separate, you know, it's a misapplication of some verses in the Bible. Touch not the unclean things. We've got to stay safe with ourselves so that we don't get contaminated. And so a fortress, as you know, it, it keeps the people and the possessions inside of it safe. And it keeps the, the enemy outside. Which church are we? We need to answer this question. Which church are we? Are we the church in the community and we're just there? And so if this church disappeared, <clears throat> the community would say they wouldn't even notice. But if our church disappeared, would there be an outrage? Where did that church go? They made such a difference. So there we have it. That's the first one. And now Robert Linthicum in his book, he tells us about two other churches. Thank, I'm so glad there's other options here. He talks about the church to the community. That's the second kind of church. Oh, I forgot to tell you. Oh, I can't forget this. Ooh. Why do I, this, is, this is the community. I got it jumping ahead of myself here. This is the community, the first community, and the church is in the community. See the, the salt, if you, I don't know if you can see it back there, but this is a salt shaker. It's in the community, yes indeed, but the salt is safely inside, and it's not doing its beautiful work of flavoring this banana bread community. We'll call this banana breadville, for, for want of a better name for a city community. And so there it is. It's in the community, but not, not, not making a difference. Now let's do the second one. So the church to the community. How is this church salt? How can the church be salt? What, what does it look like? 
The church to the community has a conscience. It realizes, you know, it knows where the salt of the earth and Jesus, Jesus' life demonstrates we must, we must be healing and we must be making a difference. And so it knows that it must do that. But some, for some reason, it has decided still to stay to itself and it hasn't mixed in, doesn't know anybody. There's no relationships with other people outside the church doors. So it really doesn't know the issues. It doesn't know what's going on, it doesn't know what the needs are, but it has a good heart, it, it wants to do something. So it gets in its, its board meeting or, or whatever committee plans the outreach and it says, um, okay, we're, we're supposed to do something in our community. Jesus wants us to go out and, and, and make a difference. And so it plans some programs, whatever they may be. It guesses, really. It's kind of like ministry by crystal ball, you know? Doesn't know <laughs> what the real issues are. And so then it, then it says to the community, okay, it hands out things or handbills, come to us, we have something for you. And then the community says, who are you? We don't know you. Can we trust you? Who are you? And so, so that's a fatal flaw. Uh, even Linthicum calls this the fatal flaw of ministry. We don't ask. We don't ask and learn from our community what the needs are. So this is the church to the community. So let's take our banana bread here. This is another community. And the church, Salt Shaker is there. And, um, but it, it, it sends out things to the community. But it's not mixing with the recipe. It's just sending things out to the community. And it's not really permeating and absorbing the effect of the church. In fact, because it didn't ask what the needs were, it could be that what we send out there to the community could be not relevant. <laughs> it could be, like, like, like putting uh, garlic, salt on banana bread. And, that, and somehow, it's not meeting a real need, a felt need. So the church to the community means all right, but there's a fatal flaw. And this, and as I look around the world, I see this happening in so many places. There's, there's, there's no assessment, there's no forming relationships with the community. We just do something and hope that it lands in the right place and that it makes a difference. Well, the church to the community. Is this our church? Is this your church? Well, there's one option, one more option to choose from. <laughs> the church with the community. Robert Linthicum talks about this church in, in a very excited way. He says, this church has partnerships. It, it sees its ministry to the community as a partnership. It realizes it doesn't have to invent all the programs, that there are some wonderful programs out there already that we could partner with. And yes, it can come up with some on its own too. And, um, and so, this, so this church, um, the members have friendships with people that are not in the membership. And um, I know I could, I could spend the whole week without talking to, any, to anybody that's outside of our church, our denomination, because I work at the General Conference. But I had to intentionally join community organizations or something because we need to be working with the community and having relationships with the community. And so this, this church does that. It has relationships. And out of those relationships, it knows more what to do. And it, and it sometimes partners with the community to find, you know, to meet a real need 
or sometimes invents things of its own, and the community sometimes can help with that. So this is the church with the community. Which church are we? Now, this, this banana bread community, how does the salt relate to this community? The church salt is mixed right in with the recipe. Not just a salt shaker sitting inside with no mixing. It's not just throwing programs out to the community without mixing with a recipe or consulting. It's part of the community. And if I should show you a, 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 a I have a slide that I don't, can't show here, but it has the recipe for this banana bread. And, you know, every community has a recipe, right? Hospitals, social, ministries, government, and all these things. And, um, and, and if you look at this recipe, you'll see salt is right there, one half teaspoon of salt. It's called the churches, and the churches is part of the recipe of the community. It's organic. It is, it is changing the community from the inside out. Is that the way you want to be? Is that the way you want our church to be? How many do? Yes. And that is, that is what Jesus modeled. That is what Jesus modeled. And he, you know, we, we know he mingled, right? He mingled, he, like, like we're talking about, as one who desired their good. He showed his sympathy. He, and then from this mingling and listening, he, he met the felt needs. And some of them didn't even realize what they needed until they started meeting with, spending time with him. And then, they, and then he binded them to follow him. And some of these people don't know they need that. But if, we, they are, if they're with us, if we're with them, they will be attracted to the Jesus who makes us act that way. You know, we cannot influence people with whom we have no relationship. And on your, your connection card, there's a quotation there from the, one of my favorite inspirational books, Thought from the Mount of Blessing. Salt, it says, must be mingled with the substance to which it is added. It must penetrate and infuse in order to preserve and do its other wonderful things that salt does. So it is through personal contact and association that people are reached by the saving power of the gospel. Personal influence is power. We must come close to those whom we desire to benefit. What do you say? Amen. And it is so wonderful. We make so many wonderful discoveries of people in the community. Now I want to give a caveat, a, a little um, caution here. If you read the the book of Psalms in chapter 106, you see there there's a, there's a history of uh, Israel. <clears throat> the psalmist just goes through the whole histories, the up and downs, the ups and downs of Israel. And if you look at verse 35, it says, they mingled with the nations and worshiped their idols. Now, I'm not talking about that kind of mingling. I'm talking about mingling with a mission mingling with a transforming mission. And then, then there'll be a good outcome. In fact, there's some more guidance Nancy read in our scripture reading um, on how to, how to be salt. 
when we are with our local community, with them, individuals in the local community. In Colossians 4, 2 to 6, this is look at that again. Be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. You know, that's, that's the wording that is used. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation, your speech, be always full of grace, seasoned with salt. You know, when you speak, when you enter a room and speak, does the tone change? Is, is there something, is there healing that takes place when you speak? Do you preserve the good? Do you, do you melt ice <laughs> even? Whatever, you know, is that what happens when you speak? So that you may know how to answer everyone. First Peter 3.15 has a similar sentiment. When people ask you, why do you believe in Jesus? Why do you... Why do you say he's coming again with such excitement and so forth? It says here, give them a reason for the hope you have and speak to them with gentleness and respect. You know, you can't, you can't um, serve people. You can't minister to people who you don't respect and love. So, so when we salt, when we do our beautiful work of being salt, these are some things to remember. There's many more counsels. And so what we're, God is calling us to do as a church with the community is to be insiders with the outsiders. That word was used, outside, outsiders. But don't think of them as outsiders in the sense that they're separated from us. But think of them as, you know, I, I need to get to know them. Become insiders in their lives, even in their organizations that meet the similar vision that we have as a church. You know, I was looking for a story. I always like to have a live story from a real church to illustrate the point of the day. And I was looking, what church should I talk about? And I decided, I'm not gonna, I don't have to look very far. Our church is moving in that direction. I mean, we, we have a ways to go. I want us to keep moving, and, but we have a ways to go, but we're moving in that direction. And, um, and, and one of example is that we have a partnership with the Montgomery County Coalition for the Homeless. There's other connections we have with, with the community too. And, um, and so uh, we, we uh, have a wonderful time working with them. And I'm so happy that we have a special guest here today from Montgomery Co County Coalition for the Homeless. And, and come and meet, I'd like you to meet Derek Longbreak. And he is the donor relationship manager there. And I just asked him to say a few words about our partnership, about the withness we have with his organization and his organization's withness with us. Go ahead, Derek. I want you to imagine deciding to open your car window on a cold night, hoping to freeze to death because you've given up hope of finding housing. Imagine fleeing the experience of domestic violence and having no place to go. Imagine being a teenager and your mother getting sick and then losing your home. Montgomery County Coalition for the Homeless, MCCH, serves those who don't have to imagine this reality, those who have experienced those very things. Yes, homelessness is real here in Montgomery County. There are over 800 people experiencing homelessness right now. Spencerville Church, 
is an important partner with MCCH in the vision to end homelessness. MCCH led in effectively ending homelessness for veterans in the county. Your congregation provides financial support and holds an annual dinner to honor veterans who have experienced homelessness. MCCH houses permanently over 450 households, including 300 children, all who previously experienced homelessness. Your congregation provided the furniture and all the move-in supplies, and members of the congregation helped move in one of those families. MCCH operates the main men's homeless shelter, serving nearly 700 men each year, and your congregation provides monthly meals for the emergency shelter each month. As it says in Matthew 25, the king will say to them, Amen, I say to you, whatever you did for the least of these, you did for me. I hope that God will continue to work through this partnership between Spencerville and Montgomery County Coalition for the Homeless to care for the least of these. Amen. Thank you, Derek. Thank you so much for coming. This is the ministry of Jesus, isn't it? Can't you see Jesus doing this? It's, it's, um, and, and then when he, you know, he mingled, he, again, he mingled, he showed sympathy, he met their felt needs, and then he said, follow me. Well, they would want to, <laughs> more likely, if that, was, that happened as the norm in our church's mission. You know, and all of these mixed together, show a more full portrayal of the gospel. It says in 1 John 2, 6, whoever says he abides in him ought to walk as he walks. I know the, the rest of the verse talks about losing it. Are we losing it? If the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled by men. So how do we keep ourselves in this? How do we keep it? That is a concern. I, I've seen it happen in some people's lives. They've lost their saltiness. They've lost their, the difference-making properties that being close to Christ gives them. How do we keep our savor? Stay close to our Savior. Stay close to our Savior and keep connected to him. You know, we can't make a difference in the world if we're not different. Salt cannot make a difference if it's not different. And we can get that difference, that beautiful difference, because of our tight connection with Jesus. Uh, you, many of you have heard of John Stott, the great British uh, theologian. He is credited with saying this. He said, every Christian, every Christian needs two conversions. The first conversion, is to come out of this world to, and go to Christ. So out of this world to Christ. And the second conversion is back into the world with Christ. So, so am I, are you converted twice? And I can really guarantee you that if you do the second one, you will more likely stay connected with Christ because your, chair, your prayers will be, you'll be praying for, for people that you're meeting and, and your spiritual life will, will deepen. It's a very important part of discipleship. So are you converted twice? You've come out of the world and you've gone to Christ. 
but are you willing to go back into the world with Christ? And, and don't go out there without him. Don't go out there without him. It's enemy territory. And, you know, so, so be sure you are with him. And so, yes, we make our church salt shaker or welcoming place for those who come in. But on this getting out of the salt shaker, let's, let's get even better at that. Let's, let's get out of the salt shaker and go into the world around us and, and make a difference and be transforming agents. Let's get out of this salt shaker and, and feed the hungry and, and help the homeless. Let's continue that. Let's get out of this salt shaker and provide clothes and blankets and quilts to those who need them. Let's get out of the salt shaker and brighten the lives of children who need toys and something special at Christmas time. Let's, let's get out of the salt shaker and share a lunch and inspiration and fellowship with day workers and immigrants. Let's get out of the salt shaker and support refugees. Let's get out of the salt shaker and provide healthy lifestyle resources and education. And let's, let's get out of the salt shaker and, and support discouraged and economically challenged families, which some of our Sabbath school classes have, have, are willing to do that. And let's get out of the salt shaker and be good neighbors across the street to Hampshire Greens and pray for that, that project as it continues to develop. Let's get out of the salt shaker and invite our neighbors to come into the salt shaker too for the wonderful music and concerts that happen here on a regular basis. Let's get out of the salt shaker and confront the issue of abuse. And we can go on and on and on with the possible, the possible ways to be salt and transform our community that we are responsible for. God has put us here for a purpose. Now we're going to get out of our sanctuary. <laughs> we're going to have a, a, a reverse altar call, so to speak. We're going to, we're going to leave right, right after the prayer, and we're going to get out of the sanctuary, and we're going to go down the fellowship hall. You're all invited to see uh, more information on some of these things I've listed and more, and ways that you can become engaged to make a difference, to truly be salt, because that's who you are. That's who I am. Perhaps God is calling you to put our ideas we've talked about this morning into action. He's calling us to, to, for a holistic, total member involvement. And so, after our closing prayer, we're gonna be doing that. And, we're, and, and of course, lunch is included in this experience. And we wanna thank the Lakotas for that. So I'd like you to take out your, your connection card now and make a decision in a tangible way, by God's grace, I will, I will mingle with a mission with people who may be different than me. With people who may be different than me. And I will commit myself today, or recommit, if you're already doing it, recommit or commit myself today to engage in at least one outreach ministry because you are salt, and that's what you will, norm you will do. That's who you are.